everybody. Thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee. I want to just give a big shout out for those who have been following me, and I'm so grateful that you take the time to listen to this podcast. And again, just to remind you, we've got two full seasons of other uh, other topics that I cover, lots of cultural things that I like to talk about, and applying biblical truth, making reference to scripture, talking about some of my own experiences. And uh, in case you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor David, and I've been in ministry for over 40 years and have been involved in every kind of imaginable ministry that you can think of. I have served in many different capacities, and now I have been a senior pastor, a lead pastor in our local church called Valley Community Church for over 18 years now, going on my 19th year. And so I really appreciate you listening and and giving me a, an opportunity to speak into your life and again, to give my perspective from, again, the reference point of a man who's been doing this for many, many years. I wanted also to just encourage you to help me get the word out. You can share to make sure that it's on your your playlist every week, but also let others know what you can do is just share with uh, some of your friends, your contact list, whatever. Let's get the word out as I continue to expand on what it is that I'm doing here with Take a Knee. I've got some other creative ideas of things coming up that I'd like to do. And uh, so keep it right here and following me here on Take a Knee. I hope to even branch out with different kinds of podcasts, not just Take a Knee, but some other uh, different podcasts that will focus on more specific tracks of information and uh, creative ways of doing that. So that's all upcoming. And again, I'm just grateful for you joining me. Well, today I want to talk to you about ignorance and arrogance. When you think of those two words, ignorance and arrogance, you got to ask yourself the question, or at least I did earlier in the week, and it's like, well, which one's worse? Which one's worse, being ignorant or being arrogant? Well, let's just define it so that we we can then kind of hone in. But if you think of ignorance, what is that? That's obviously not knowing what you don't know, right? As it's been said, that you are not informed. Obviously, when we think of ignorance, that could be a a negative thing. People might even use it as a slur to say, well, you're ignorant. But really, if you think of the word itself, ignorance just means you don't know. And I think that really describes a certain aspect of the world. In other words, there are people that don't know things, but there are people who don't know things because it is kept from them. So can you really blame a person for being ignorant? I guess on one hand, you couldn't. But on the other hand, you can, because sometimes people would rather be ignorant or not knowing what the truth is because they just don't want to know. In other words, they see it and they're like, no, 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 don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know any more about corruption. I'm happy in my world. I'd rather stay on my little island of fantasy, the fantasy island of this illusion. That really does describe the world when you think in terms of if we're seeing the spiritual world, right? There's a spirit world. And those people who don't want to know about the spirit world, about angels and demons, about God himself, about the devil, the deceiver, the Lord of the flies, as Beelzebub. You know, you think of of all of that. People, and I know I don't want to know anything about that. Well, remember that Jesus came to set us free. But what did he say would set us free? The truth. 
He said the truth would set us free. And so to be awakened to reality, to know the truth. Now, can we know too much? Yeah, I think sometimes. We're supposed to be knowledgeable of that which is good and innocent when it comes to those things which are evil. You know, Adam and Eve wanted to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because Satan or the devil had lied to them and said that, well, you'll become like God. And in a way they did because they knew good and evil, but because they weren't God, they obviously couldn't handle it. And the evil corrupted them, corrupted us. So it is better for us to have just stayed in an age or a position or a condition of innocence that exists even to this day. So that being ignorant, and on the other hand, it might be a good thing, ignorant of evil. But that's not really what I'm talking about here today. I guess I'm just trying to clarify that when I mean ignorance is that I mean that we refuse to believe the truth. Now let's look at the other word that I had presented, arrogance. And what is that? Well, arrogant is someone who's full of pride and may even know what is right and wrong, but they choose the wrong. They would rather revel in what they know and just enjoy that. When we look at the book of Proverbs, there's really a, a word that Solomon described for the ignorant and the arrogant. For the ignorant, he said that that was a fool. So the fool was the one who didn't know what they didn't know. And either they chose not to believe the truth or they ignored the truth or they just too lazy to expose themselves to the truth. That was the ignorant fool. Then we have the arrogant. What did Solomon call the arrogant? Well, he called him a mocker. That was the mocker. They would rather choose a path of pleasure and deception and evil because obviously sin for a season has passion. It has, it has pleasure. It has a sense of that I'm in control of my own destiny when in reality, of course, they're not. That is the proud. But it's the mocker. The mocker, the arrogant when we think of arrogance, it's not quiet, is it? When we think of the arrogant, the arrogant is one who is loud and boisterous. In the book of Proverbs, it is described as the really the harlot, the woman who sits and, and is baiting people to come into the place of death, and it goes down to the darkness where the grave is. That is what Solomon uses to describe the arrogant path. So what is worse, being an ignorant person, a foolish ignorant person, or a arrogant mocker. I don't know. Solomon seems to equate that they both have equal measure of entrapping us and really ruining our lives. So I want you to give that some thought today and thinking in terms of, okay, where do I have ignorance? Where do I not know the truth? Well, guess what? There's a solution for that, isn't there? We don't have to be ignorant. We have the word of God. We have truth. And we can apply that truth in our life. We can grow wise. What did Solomon say? That the beginning of wisdom was the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is acknowledging that God's ways are the best ways. And so, of course, that cuts right into arrogance. Notice how these two things really work together, because a person can be ignorant and arrogant. What is the solution for arrogance? Well, that, of course, is where our pride is. And, you know, the truth of the matter is you live long enough, you're going to be put in a position, if you've been a mocker, you will reap what you have sown. Eventually, we're going to be mocked. Eventually, 
The, the rocks we have thrown will come back to us. The words that we have used will be used against us. This is a fact. God cannot be mocked. You know, that which a man sows, he will reap. So what is the solution for arrogance is just simply humility and humbling ourselves. And as Paul said there in Romans chapter 12, that we not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And if there is to be a boast, and I read this this morning in Romans, if we are to boast, it is to boast in the glory of God, boast that what God has done inside me. So really as a believer, there's no room for arrogance. There really isn't because we know that he did it all for us and that Jesus saved us from our foolishness. So if there's mockery, that is just wholly inappropriate for the Christian when we do understand what it is that Jesus did for us. So to go back to my question, what's worse, ignorance or arrogance? I don't know. I think they're both equally bad, and they should be two things that we in our lives really work hard to rid ourselves from. Solution for ignorance is get yourself into the word. The solution for arrogance is to humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. So our mission really in life as a follower of Christ, Christ follower, is to rid ourselves of all ignorance and arrogance and replace it with biblical truth, humility, meekness, not weakness. I hope to do more of this this year, especially from one of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. And I have used the book of Proverbs as a father for 28 years as being a father. And I continue to use this with all of my children to help them grow in wisdom so that they'll have wisdom beyond their years so that they do not fall into the category of the ignorant or the arrogant, because I want them to be walking in truth and I want them to walk in the fear of the Lord. So the proverb I've chosen today is Proverbs chapter three. I'm going to read it and just some short commentary as you're driving down the road, as you're listening, follow with me. Proverbs three in the New International Version. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. What a promise. Here is Solomon telling his son that if you'll listen to what I'm telling you and hide these words in your heart, it's going to give you life, long life, and that life is going to be a good life, peace and prosperity. Verse 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Solomon is going deeper to explain what he meant in the first two verses. So what he's saying now is what will prolong your life specifically is love and faithfulness. He said, don't let them leave you, but bind them around your neck, a physical description of, of keeping them as close to you as possible. When you bind something around your neck, it's always there. And so you can never forget it. Bind it. And then he says, write it on the tablet of your heart so that everything that comes out of your heart will always be influenced by love and faithfulness. Where is this love and faithfulness focused on? Well, right here, verse 4. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So love and faithfulness is going to be directed toward God and man. God first, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
and to love man as we love ourselves. Notice how that works right into the great command, the golden rule, the, the truth that holds the whole Bible, the law and the prophets, as Jesus said. To love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as ourselves. Don't let it get away from us. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So he's going even deeper. He's showing us that the way to let this love and have this peace and prosperity is going to be specifically trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, not leaning to our own understanding, submitting to him. And God is going to help straighten the paths that will bring us love that will bring us peace, joy, long life, prosperity. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Ah, here comes that arrogance thing. He's going to introduce this to say, what is the biggest arrogance killer is the fear of the Lord and to shun evil because the fool embraces evil. He says in verse 8, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So, you know, in my sharing with my children over the years, I said, look, how does God bring us long life and prosperity. Well, on one hand, he just does. But on the other hand, there is the practical side of it. In other words, wisdom is taking care of our bodies, nourishment to eat well, but also having the word of God inside us makes us wiser so that we make what? Wiser choices. That's pretty important. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Solomon is giving his boys practical lessons on what is wise living. He says, you got to honor the Lord. You got to tithe. This is something that's a part of their culture. Here's King Solomon saying, you know, the wisest, richest man on the planet saying, look, boys, you're going to inherit incredible privilege and wealth, but never stop honoring the Lord. And he goes, then you're going to have overflowing. Then your vats are going to be brimming over new wine. He says, we are wealthy and have enjoyed God's favor because we honored him. And they still do. And they still did rather. And that is great wisdom for us to honor God with the first fruit of our wealth. So do you want to have long life? Do you want to have prosperity? Do you want to have peace and joy? Honor God with the first fruit of your wealth. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So what we're being told here is that God will definitely come and get in our way because he's a father. Think of it. If we understand that he is a heavenly father, then it would make sense that if he is the perfect father, what do good fathers do? They do come. They will discipline us. They will tell us no when something they know is bad for us. And so he's, he's, he's encouraging his children to say, look, you know me as your daddy, and you know that this is what I do for you, that I, I'm going to tell you no. I'm going to get in your way. I'm going to save you, protect you from hurting yourself. So does your heavenly father. He says, so don't resent that. He says he delights in you too. Verse 13. And then this is my last section I'll read. It says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. So blessing comes from those who push through the ignorance and the arrogance. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold, while the Lord's wisdom is the greatest investment of your life you can make. 
Verse 15, she is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Isn't that interesting? He's pulling it all together to give his sons these images that are just great for us to think my left hand, my right hand, long life is in my right hand, my left hand are riches and honor coming from wisdom. He's talking about the woman wisdom. Her ways are pleasant ways and all the paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and those who hold her fast will be blessed. Wow. We drop in the tree of life into Solomon's teaching. You don't hear about this tree of life throughout scripture much at all. In fact, this might even go on record as being really the only place apart from Genesis that we read about it. And here is Solomon saying, look, you want this tree of life again operating in your life. Obviously now the tree of life is Jesus, but wisdom pours out of him and choosing the word of God as being your source of light and truth to break through the ignorance, to break through the arrogance, for us to have the long life, to have good days, to be blessed with wealth and prosperity. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Riches, honor, and life come from wisdom and the fear of the Lord. I'll tell you what, that's great wisdom. That's great truth. That is the kind of stuff you can hang your, your hat on to really experience the best life that you could possibly have here in this world. Great stuff. Let me take a minute to pray for us. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, that you're the one who can lead us out of the darkness of ignorance and arrogance. Lord, we do humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you might lift us up in due time. And Lord, that we also embrace the truth of your word. Lord, applying it in every situation, Lord, that we need help. Lord, we need to be brought into truth and climb out of the ignorance that is in this world due to Lord, just refusing to embrace the ways of God. Lord, I know that in this world, they think they've got all the answers, but Lord, only you have the answers. Only you are the one who's able to untie all the knots, Lord, all the conundrums, Lord, all of the problems and struggles. Lord, long life and prosperity, peace and joy come to those who trust you with all of their heart and do not lean to their own understanding. But Lord, in all our ways, Lord, we will trust you. Lord, we will submit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. You have a great week. We'll see you on Take a Knee the next time. Bye-bye.